Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Uh, that was, okay, I know you got masks on, but you're going to have to be loud. Listen, listen, this right here, let, can I, can we, let me just talk about this a little bit. Okay, all right. So if you haven't been here long or you, you don't know me as well, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of these, okay? So, but here's the thing is, so I've just decided that if I'm going to wear these, I'm just going to have to be louder, okay? So your amen just is going to have to be louder. This is not muzzling your worship. God knows your heart. Just be louder. Does that make sense? And so all of our amens may sound like this. <laughs> and that'll be fun even in itself. Uh, but listen, we're not going to let this uh, still our worship. We're not going to let this still our praise. We're just, we're just not. And so, um, I, I just want to let you know, uh, there is no shame in God's house. So, um, I get it. I, I, I you, you just know that I've gotten a lot of articles this week. Um, and, and, um, here, here's the thing that I can say is Jesus didn't fit in any camp. The, his disciples were like, why are you doing that? The religious people were like, why are you doing that? It was a constant struggle every time he was ministering because everybody thought he should be doing X, Y, Z. And so the truth of the matter is, I don't know if I can make you happy, but I believe that we can give you truth that will change your life. Does that make sense? And, and, and I, and I, I got to be honest. I don't come under any pressure to make you feel happy because I've been married to my wife for 20 years and I'm still working this thing out. Does that make sense? And so, uh, uh, but I'm trying and I, and, and I want to be sensitive. And if you come and you're like, I adamantly believe I shouldn't, that's fine. Uh, you come. If you are okay with it, obviously we know cases are rising. Bentonville's getting ready to close down uh, Monday for for a season. And we're just, listen, I, I just believe that as a pastor, I, I was going to step into the election when other people would not want you to. I was going to step into the racial tension when it would be so much easier just to preach Jesus and love. I was going to step into all of this. And so now this is the next thing that our society here is talking about. And so I'm going to step into it. Does that make sense? And so um, I realize that most of you are adults, and I'm not, I'm not trying to change you. I don't believe that you're a person to be fixed. I believe that you're a son or daughter to be loved, and we're going to work through this, and I'm going to give you the best I can to do what God has called us to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so um, while the cases are up, and while this is, seems to be a little bit more intense, then I am going to wear these and I am going to do. And then if they go down, uh, then I may not. Does that make sense? And so um, uh, I do. I, I, we try to be very, very intentional and that's what we're going to do. And so um, that, that's it. That, that's my public service announcement. And I hope you still love me because I still love you. All right. Is that cool? Yeah. Is that good? Is that good? Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. In this place, we believe that the word can go forth, and we believe that your, your son has made a way for us. And we love you, and we thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Listen, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. It's good to see you. It's good for you to be here, be in the place. And so um, the, the truth of the matter is that, um, man, we, we want to welcome you. Even in this season, we believe that God still wants you to grow. God still wants to transform your life. Can, can I just tell you that if you've said, oh my gosh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over, uh, then I want to check you a little bit because it's not over. And I don't believe that God's up in heaven going, dang it, let's get through this year as fast as we can. I believe that every year is a setup for the next year. Does that make sense? And there is something for us to learn even in, listen, this year. There's something for us to learn. Anybody ready for Thanksgiving or the Christmas season? Come on, let, let's just sh- sh- show a show of hands. How many of you have already set up Christmas? Be honest. How many of you are like, I will not set up Christmas until Thanksgiving is over? Come on, come on. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I got, I got to confess, since we're all just having this moment of uh, just authenticity, uh, I caved. I caved. I'm going to tell you why I, I want to be a picture of consistency, but I, I, I caved uh, this weekend. Um, I, usually I'm strong and unshaken. Uh, but I hung up my Christmas lights this weekend. I did it. I, I didn't want to do it, but I did it. But, but so just in full context, I need to give you the story. So last year, um, uh, my friend Abel, uh, Candace's husband, we almost died on my roof. Okay, the pitch is very, uh, uh, Tony was there, uh, we, we, we made the young person go to the top, uh, mainly because we thought if he falls, he's younger. Uh, uh, and we thought that we could catch him rather than him catch us. So it was kind of a weight differential thing. But, um, and so I just, all year I've been thinking, that's really high. The, the top of the, my house is really high. And when I built my house, I was thinking, I didn't think lights. I didn't think lights. So anyway, I've been thinking of mulling this over all year long. And so Katie and I were talking about when are we going to get Christmas. And even last weekend, I was like, we're not. <laughs> Spoken. And she's like, okay. I mean, she, she doesn't care. Like, okay. And so I'm um, talking with my neighbor Friday, and he's starting to hang his lights. And, I'm, and my neighbor is just, he's the best neighbor. Uh, he's that neighbor that does everything before you. And he has a, a cl- calendar, and he has a plan. And his yard, look, I mow my yard because his yard looks really good. So I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to hurt his property value. And so... Um, so anyway, he's out putting all the lights on his house. And I'm like, ha! Ah! You're starting a little early. And he's like, yeah, I rented this lift. And I'm like, what say you? <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, I got this lift coming over and it's going to help me with the top because last year, you know, it was a struggle and I saw you guys had a struggle. And so I just thought I'm going to rent this lift. And this was the only weekend it was available. And I was like, you don't say. So I walked in and I said, babe, we're putting up the lights. And she's like, what? And I was like, we're doing it. And she's like, but you said, I said, woman, don't live in the past. We're moving forward. <laughs> and so we rallied. Uh, all my kids were like, what are we doing? I'm like, chugging that thing. Like, Fix it. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, I got to borrow the lift. <laughs> my lights are up. Nobody died. Nobody claimed insurance. And so, uh, uh, listen, I just, 
I just really appreciated that he was like, hey, you know, we'll come over. And, and I don't know about you, but don't, don't you like it when people give to you? Don't you like it when you're the beneficiary of... of, of when, when was the first time that you can realize... When was the first time you were impacted by giving? Many times in my life, I, I'm going to be honest, I've been overwhelmingly grateful for those that deposited into my life. I mean, I'm standing here and, and th- there's no way you get to know all the men or women of God that have p- imparted into my life. But the truth of the matter is, I, I am here because someone gave me time. Someone gave me attention. Someone gave me assistance. Like I'm here because of what people imparted into my life. Someone gave me a truth that now I've operated in for years and it has fully helped me grow. Remember one of my early, I don't know, what's that? Is that, is that me? It might be me, I'm sure. Um, one of my earliest memories of giving was when I was five years old, my mom and dad, this was before they got divorced, but it was Thanksgiving weekend and they had a 13 to 14 year old from the uh, Baptist boys home come stay a weekend with us at Thanksgiving. And I remember it was so cool. I mean, I had someone who was playing with me and outside, you know, like I was so young, I didn't understand it, but you know, we were playing football and we were eating and I remember us sitting down and doing Thanksgiving and I just, I just remember that was just such a huge moment. It, it marked me that my parents would be generous with Thanksgiving and they would give to someone who didn't have a family uh, to go to. to. Uh, I remember even another time, you know, in the 80s, 90s, everybody was like supporting children from other places. And we, my mom uh, had very, very little money. And, um, but she supported a a young man from Africa named Kuwabla. Uh, That was his name. And for seven or eight years, we supported him and his picture was on the refrigerator and we would send him gifts. We would send him presents. There would be moments that we would pray for him. And it just kind of began to mark this idea of living generous, being generous. And I don't know about you, but if you, can you go back and remember a time when you were impacted by generosity? Those generous moments that, that mark you, you know, I think that our nation and our world uh, needs to be greatly impacted by givers. We kind of have turned into this self-absorbed, we're only focused about what we're doing. And, and I got to tell you, as a follower of Christ, it's imperative that we grow in generosity awareness generosity awareness and that is my assignment today is generosity awareness and it's going to be a a a, a couple sermons that we're going to do in a new series called living generous i want to give you two verses and then we're going to unpack this second corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 and 7 says this but i say this he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap come on help me bountifully So let each one give as he has purposed in his own heart, not begrudgingly, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loves a, what, help me, a cheerful giver. Proverbs 11, 24 and 26. The world of the generous, look at this, 
gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets, come on, help me, smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Today, I want to give you three ways, three ways to demonstrate generosity awareness. Three ways to demonstrate generosity awareness. The first, as a believer, we have to remember. We have to remember. I truly believe that this one concept will revolutionize your future. Giving is straight from the heart of God. Now think about this. God is a giver. God gave His Son, and what did He reap? A family. God gave Jesus, and He reaped, come on, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of millions of people who have come into the family of God that call Him Father. In both verses, it shows us that we must stay aware of our sowing and our reaping. We must stay aware of where we're at. And I believe that it is written, come on, listen, in the Bible not to overlook. It's written so that we remember it. Think about this. The words in this book are not just stories, but they're here so that we would know them, remember them, and base our life on their concepts. So the fact that If the church forgets that generosity matters, come on, then we are recipients of something we don't give out. We got to remember this verse is reveals a spiritual principle that we all must understand. Growth happens because of what you sow, not what you know. In our Google education-centric world, all I need to know is no more and I'll be worth more. Can I tell you that your value was established at birth, but your giving causes you to grow? Listen, for us, every believer here today is called to be a blessing. Living generous is both an attitude and an action. What did the Bible verse say when we ended in Corinthians? It said, cheerfully. In other words, there's an attitude behind giving. And you will never take the action if your attitude is wrong. You will never take the action if your attitude is negative. If you feel like someone wants something from you, you're not willing to give it. There's an attitude that leads to, come on, an action. We've got to remember God's nature. We've got to remember that God gave. What did He give? Come on, help me. God gave man life. God gave man the earth. God gave prophets, judges, the law, Canaan. God gave freedom. God gave the Bible. God gave the Holy Spirit. God gave us the church. We have a giving gospel, not a taking gospel. We have to remember that God gives us grace and God gives us mercy. Come on, help me. Could it be that you have been given so much that you are desensitized to how much you've really been given? 
that for the danger for some of us is that we've been in church too long. Now here, well, I, I think you should be in church. I think you should grow up in church. I think life will change your life. And I believe that you'll thrive. But the danger is that you begin to amen and agree with something that you don't do because you know it here, but it's never moved into your heart. Come on, does this make sense? For us, we cheerfully give because we remember all that God has done. And we don't want to be a people that, what have you done for me lately? Because I feel some abandonment, because I feel some distance, because I feel some brokenness. I'm not quite sure you love me, but that's when you've got to remember. Come on, does that make sense? I'm always talking to our kids about remember we love you more than any physical person in this world and sometimes you won't like where we're leading you but we love you regardless come on somebody help me how you feel in this moment and so that's when i bust out the family album who took you here did your friend take you there oh they didn't oh mama and daddy did that one trip was $1,725. Go and tell me you love me. See, sometimes parents, you've got to remind your kids. They've got to remember. Come on. It may not feel good right now, but there is a history and a consistency of love that I need to take you back to because right now you feel controlled, but rip. Hey, come on. Y'all, y'all need to amen me through the mask. I'm not playing. Listen, we have to remember that we were given to. Remember, can I tell you this? If the saints of God are not givers, let's talk about this. Is the world going to support the church? Is the world going to add value to a place that reaches the lost and teaches the word of God? Is the world going to do that? Is the secular culture going to disciple, train, and equip believers? Because we're sitting in a situation, come on, where everything in this Bible is now political. If you say God created man and woman, if you say that marriage is, come on, well, is the world going to support the institution that believes this? It's not. It's not. And that's our job. And so here's the deal. I never want to be a body or a church that complains about where the world is headed. I want to change our attitude and I want to act and I want to be a part of the solution because I believe when the darkness gets darker, the light gets lighter. Come on, does this make sense? Come on. We got to remember. Some of you here today, you need to remember. The second thing that we do is we recognize. Come on, we're talking about uh, how we determine generosity awareness. How we demonstrate this. We recognize. You know what growing in awareness matters? Okay, remember, let me, for, for those of you that this is maybe your first, second, or third time to come into our church, um, we are a no-nudging church, okay? 
And so when I say something that you know is somebody sitting next to you, just look forward, okay? Okay, just look for The Holy Spirit is going to be their conviction, not you. <laughs> okay. It, we live in a world where awareness is a bit of a buzzword. Everybody wants to talk about awareness. Awareness, 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 buzzword, awareness. Did you know that there are seven different primary colored ribbons that communicate awareness for illnesses, addictions, diseases? Like we are a well awareness people. Most of you may think, wow, you know, I just, I don't know about COVID. And I, and I, you know what? I just, I don't know. Uh, we, we're being told all this, be aware, be aware, be aware. Can I tell you that if you're someone who you haven't found anything good on COVID and, and the mask and everything else, uh, you may be like, this is all terrible and negative. I have found something good. I want to tell you what it is. I have found something good about it. Um, it is now the social norm not to be cl too close to people. Come on, all my introverts, where y'all at? Back in the old days, like um, 2019, um, uh, there would be a time when I would come into contact with bubble poppers, space invaders. Come on, you know, no, look forward, look forward. People who are unaware that they are too close to you. And so I step back, they step, uh, oh, this is, we're dancing. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it feels a little bit like, like you're unaware. That, like, I'm focused, I'm listening to you, I'm talking to you, I am totally focused right now. And, like, I can taste your breath, man. This is fun. <laughs> Super exciting. Listen. Uh, and so, you know, when people now get too close, I'm like, <laughs> COVID. <laughs> awareness. What about self-awareness? Come on. What about self -awareness? Have you ever hung out with a couple? Look forward. Have you ever hung out with a couple that has been arguing, like, all day? And then you go over to their house and they're like trying to play it off like they're not arguing. But you know it's heavy, it's hard, it's harsh. And like everybody in the room knows that they're arguing, but they are like trying to play it off. Hey, babe, do you want something to drink? No, if I want something, I will get it. Thank you. And it... Everybody's like, oh my God. Uh, come on. Like, they usually sit down right next to each other, but one sits way over here. <laughs> and you're like, cool. They're the only ones not aware that everybody's aware. What about your teenage? Anybody got teenagers? It's crazy. Like, they, they live in a room, and, 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 and you buy them these things called drawers. You, you pay for a closet. <laughs> Please do not amen too loud. Listen, and, and it's, what's funny is that it, it's crazy how um, sometimes they don't even see what's on the floor. And I'm like, you had to walk differently to get out of your house and, it, and, and out of your room. And it was much like a, like when you're doing this to get over the stuff that you've left on the floor, can you see that? I'm, I'm, I've just heard, I've just heard. I'm, I'm, like I have no personal story here. I've just heard about that stuff on the floor, self-awareness. What, what about this? Have you ever made a comment that just went wrong? 
Like it just was wrong. You, it was so right in your mind. Or you didn't even think about it. You just said it. And the first time they heard it was the first time you heard it. And you were like, wow, that did not go well. You weren't trying to be sarcastic. You weren't trying to be vindictive. You, you I mean, you weren't trying to be mean. You were just like, bleh. And, and everyone's like, everything's quiet. And you're like, what? The crazy thing about awareness is that often people can see what you don't see. In driving, we call them blind spots. We see even Samson, who was God's chosen prophet uh, to help Israel win, got involved in relationships two different times that were harmful to him. And yet we read no story where his friend came up and said, hey, yo, you may not be aware of this, but every time you're with old girl, she cutting on you. She changing your hairstyle. You, you might need to. And, and is it possible, is it probable that we can understand something and know something but be unaware that we're not really practicing it? See, here's the thing, church, is that I want to make sure that we have awareness. And so awareness means the knowledge or perception of a situation. Generosity means giving more than is expected. So when you put those together, generosity awareness is being ready to give when you have the knowledge or perception of a situation. Church, Jesus wanted us to see he wanted us to recognize where we come on as a, as, as a people, as an individual, where we could add value. He wanted us to see the needy. He wanted us to see in the spirit. He wanted us to see the heart of the Father toward other people. Like he wanted us to see. And so what happens when the church doesn't see? Many times there are three big hurdles in recognizing moments in our own life. The first is busyness. Busyness. Distractions. Being in a hurry. Hurt. Generosity. Awareness. I want to encourage you to slow down during the season of thanks. Giving. Of Christmas. Giving. Slow down, pray, ask the Holy Spirit to help you see. Help give, God, give me eyes to see. Jesus many times was like, you have ears but you don't hear and you have eyes but you don't see. You're going through it but you don't even see what's happening. Come on. What we're doing can oftentimes be our focus. It's great to achieve dreams as long as those dreams don't hinder sowing. I would hate for your reaping to be hindered or your reaping to cease because you're just busy. Don't be too busy to sow. Don't be too busy to sow and see and recognize. The, the, the second one that, that we're talking about big hindrances for us to recognize is brokenness. It's very hard to sow when we're broken. And let's talk about that. We all experience pain, unmet expectation, imperfect relationships. It's not that relationships in our life are bad. I mean, some might be. And listen, I think that boundaries are very, very important. 
healthy conversation. It's very, very important. If you can't have courageous conversations with the people in your life, then I, I'm just telling you that, um, that you may not have the relationship that you think you have. Because the truth of the matter is the value of a friendship is when you're both able to come and have a real conversation, not where we're attacking, but there is some authenticity. Okay? Listen, most of our relationships are just human. But it's people who project project their brokenness come on us and it's very easy to get hurt and walk in on forgiveness that will cause us, listen, to stop giving. Most people aren't giving, not because they're just busy, it's because the brokenness in their own life, come on, the hurt, the unforgiveness has caused them to stop. Can I tell you, don't stop giving. Because of pain, I don't want to bless people. Because of church rejection, I don't want to tithe. Because of abandonment, I can no longer recognize people that I can help. And I am telling you, the longer that you live life, the more people will hurt you. Come on, preach it. Listen, the more people will uh, offend you. And I am telling you that God never told us that the hurt that we experience in life gets to lead our life. Brokenness, burdens, we all get heavy. The stress of the day-to-day, starting again, moving to a new house, moving to a new location, starting retirement, doing whatever. It can be stressful and, and there can be deadlines that weigh on us. Listen, it's hard to have generosity awareness just because in many times it's so heavy and weighty, we're just trying to survive. We're just trying to survive. Listen, what's weighing you down? What is the heavy thing that you, that you told yourself, um, when I get rid of this, I'll start helping people. When I get rid of this, I'll start giving. When I get rid of credit card debt, when I get rid of school loans, when I get a decent job, when I get a new home, when my kids get out of the house, I'll start being a giver when... The enemy would love nothing better than to allow the weight of this life to stop your sowing and rob your reaping. To the level in which you reap is in direct connection to your sowing. And I know that as a pastor... It's very easy based on how you grew up in church for you to feel like the sermons that we're going to preach over the next two or three weeks are very self-serving, but they're not. I'm not trying to get you to give so we can live better. The truth of the matter is God is the source of our supply and I tithe just like you do so you don't determine my check. God, does that make sense? Now there is a reality of we are all giving and I get that. But this is more about you breaking out of monotony. This is more of you breaking out and receiving a spiritual concept that, you know what, some problems... We've got to work out, but some problems we got to give out. That's right. Come on. 
for all of us. The Bible, two verses that we read, come on, listen to this. It said that in, in, in the degree in which you sow, that'll be how you reap. Okay, so let's talk about this. If you sow anything, attention with your kids, time, marriage. You can't be at 15 years of marriage. You've sowed little, little. Wow, that was a lot of words together. You've sowed very little, but you're expecting to reap a lot. It's amazing how many people don't want to go to a marriage conference when their marriage is going great. They only go when it's off the rails. You sow where you want to go. Come on, does this make sense? It's amazing how many people, come on, want Katie and I or our pastor staff to stop when their young person is in the middle of a hurdle. But if we would have sowed some stuff here, listen, and and hear what I'm saying. This is not critical. I'm not being judgmental. You, You hear me, right? I'm just telling you a spiritual concept that if you sow now, you reap later. And to the ability in which you sow, that's the ability in which you grow. And so how many of you want to reap more? You've got to sow. Sow little seeds, reap little harvest. I'm not saying we give to get. Please understand me. This is not a bless me club. I'm saying that living generous is far better than living only for self-interest. The third, so we've talked about remember, we, we've talked about recognize. What is the third? The third is we got to rehearse. We got to rehearse. Generosity awareness isn't just a cute thought. We believe that as believers, we move from glory to glory. That means that life should begin to get better because we use this year to have concepts that we built on next year. Does that make sense? It doesn't mean that we won't experience up and downs. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But the reality is 2020 was for you to give concepts, character, principles to build on 2021. That's why we believe that we go from glory to glory. And that's why we believe that 2020 was not a waste. So here's the thing. We will always talk about finances at the end of the year because I want you to win next year. I want you to set up. Every year we increase our giving. Every year we do. Why? Because I'm sowing where I want to go. I have to plant the seeds now to reap the harvest later. I have to be intentional. And I don't do it if I feel like it. Come on. Rehearse. Let me ask you a question. Over the last 60 days, how generous have you been with your tithe, with your time, with your talent? We have a generosity test, and and I don't know if we have an app or or, or a picture of our app, but if you want to go right now, you can download our app. 
Um, it's on iTunes and it's on Google Play. And we have a five question. Uh, we're not going to take any data off of you, but it's just kind of a fun question. It was five questions for you to test your generosity. And we're going to be talking about this. It would be fun for you just to go take that. But, but the truth of the matter is sometimes tests reveal where we're really at. And I hope everyone will take a second and download that. But listen, anytime we want to get better at something, you have to rehearse it. You have to rehearse it. Most of the time, God is not going to open up the heavens. Come on, listen and say, give your tithe. Bless that person. Take them out to eat. Hang up Christmas lights. Like, like if you're waiting, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just tell me. The attitude has to be here first, then if our attitude, come on, is right, and we remember and we live every day knowing, I've been given more than I deserve. I've been given more than I deserve. Then our attitude is ready to, come on, recognize, and then we want to rehearse, and it may be small things. Do you know that we have a couple couples that come to our service that every time they meet a new couple, they take them out to eat? Every single time. Some of you are like, who are they? (laughs) But every single time, they've taken out 20 to 25 families, and we're going to take them out to eat. If I were to ask you to raise your hand, many of you have been taken out to eat by this family. The truth of the matter is, when we act, you got to rehearse it. you got to rehearse it. You may not be able to write the $5,000 check. You may not be able to pay off someone's mortgage. You may not be able to give a car at this season. You may not be able to pay rent for someone who's struggling. There may be some things that you can't do. And I'm not putting pressure on you to do what you can't do. I'm saying that God always blesses the sower with seed. And so the only thing that you may be able to do is a $5 seven brew. The only thing that you may be able to do is to walk over to your neighbor's house and cook something knowing that their kids have been going through a struggle and you're going to drop off a meal and that's all you can do. You bought it at Aldi's. The thing cost you $7.37. But you took the time, you made the investment, come on somebody, and you did what you could do. And I'm telling you, if you sow the seeds, you will begin to reap the harvest. Come on. Generosity has to be rehearsed. I promise the attitude, when the attitude about giving changes, then we step into the position of acting. There are two lakes in Israel. Ben, y'all can go ahead and come up. The Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. It's funny that they're both seas, but they're actually both lakes. Um... But the Jordan River flows into both of these lakes. And the Sea of Galilee, when water comes in from the Jordan, it gives water to all of the other lakes and streams. And there is a lot of life. There is towns, village, population. And what it receives from the Jordan, it gives back out. The Dead Sea, what it receives from the Jordan, it never gives out. 
It's one of the most salty. Life does not. There's no life around the Dead Sea. It takes and it never gives. Hear what I'm saying? If we are not careful, we will come to church. And this is why churches have to talk about money and they have to talk about finances. And and here's why. Not to frustrate you, not to make you mad, not to squeeze a little bit more of your money. But, But here's why churches have to talk about it. Because the Bible said, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And if we can't talk about this as in the context of stewardship... Then, then what happens is we begin, God put out tests and checks in the body of Christ so that we, when they were pricked or touched or whatever, they, they would show us where we're at. Come on, does this make sense? And so the reason we engage in this about once a year is because we've just lived a full year. And, and I know that, that, listen, 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 there have been layoffs, there have been changes, there have been job changes. There's been a whole bunch of stuff going on. And maybe you've just kind of been surviving this year and, and, and the, the burdens, the brokenness, the busyness have just kind of stopped your flow of giving. And I am telling you that, listen to me, 2021 is coming. And you've got to sow now. You've got to sow now you got to sow now. And the Bible always says, well, I give to my friends. I understand that. But the best type of giving is giving to the ones that can't pay you back. Giving is not a transaction. It's not a transaction. Are you a giver? And I want to encourage you, either online or in person, don't miss the next two or three sermons because I believe that it's going to unlock and it's going to shift some things in your own life. One of the two lakes that we talked about was a life giver and the other one kept everything that it received none of us want to be barren and lifeless none of us want to you know uh, just just be a place where revelation stops for all of us it's important to live generous and and if you want to grow come on listen listen if you want to grow become a giver Give your time, give your money, give your encouragement, give your attention. Come on, have you ever been offended when you started talking to someone and they picked up their phone right in the middle of the conversation and you're like pouring out your heart to them and and, and all of a sudden they pick up their phone and you're like, come on, it hurts when you're starting to pour out and someone doesn't give back. And, and, and I think that in the middle of all of this division and election and, and who's still in the votes and who's still in this and freedom and all, 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 all of the gambit of everything that we've been under, it can very much make you go, well, you know, they, with it, I'm just going to do for me and I'm, I'm going to only take care of this and I'm going to only because all of y'all are crazy. It will stop the flow in your own life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. 
feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.